You're listening to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast with Eric Powers, Justin Muckin, Sam Connor, and Sam Keel as we talk through Lead Like It Matters by Craig Groeschel. Today, the guys talk about willingness to fall short. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. I have all the guys, Justin, Sam, and Sam. Uh, we're pumped to keep working through Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle. We would love for you guys to read along with us and jump in the conversation. Today, we're talking about willingness to fall short, and it's going to be a pretty good chapter, guys. Uh, I've got a question for you before we get into the chapter. Um, when was the last time you guys took a risk when it comes to planning events, starting a new idea, stuff like that? When was the last time you took a risk? What do you guys got? Yeah, I definitely have like something um, that we recently planned uh, where I took a pretty large risk uh, with the worship night is one thing I introduced was like prophetic painting. And I was like super nervous because I was like, well, first off, because I wasn't like, I had never really seen Leora paint. So like there was like a little bit of risk there. But also like the second thing is like, I don't think this like, I, I don't like, it's hard to explain that kind of a thing, um, especially when it's like fresh and new, like a new idea. So like, for example, I had to like really dig in the word and um, also like research a little bit on like what prophetic art is and how it is a inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And it is, it's also like um, a revelation that the Holy Spirit gives the artist to visually put on a canvas, you know, what um, the Lord might be doing or moving in that moment. Um, so it is like a little bit of spontaneity too, along with it. So it was just like, I was like super nervous to like introduce that, but it ended up becoming a pretty, pretty, I mean, it hit pretty good. So, I mean, it was, it was really pretty. Yeah. And it was a really good painting and it was really powerful. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's one instance in which I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I can, at least in my, you know, kind of still getting acclimated now going on month four of being here for the first couple months, it was just kind of like, you know, you want to kind of keep the ship afloat, keep everything going, um, kind of establish yourself with, which I'm still, I'm still working on, but, um, probably about a month and a half ago, I had my first like proposal meeting with the elders on some communication pieces concerning like our website, mass communication, those kinds of things. And it was, I wouldn't say it's as much, it'd be, you know, it's a risk being the new guy kind of introducing some pretty big changes in a, in our kind of our communication workflows. And I think it was received very well. Um, you know, I'm the type of person I, I want to know as much as I can, I want to know the why. So I try to present that, the why and whatever I propose, and I think it was received well, but it was definitely a risk, you know. Um, luckily, this the uh, Grace Point is very much like against the whole like, oh, we do things just because this is the way we've always done them, which is fantastic. Um, but you always have that kind of in the back of your mind, especially being new and not uh, familiar with the flow uh, as much as some other people may be. And that was kind of a risk for me, you know, really introducing myself and introducing my how I do things and those kinds of things. So. I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have done necessarily long enough to have taken like a, a risk that I 
I can think of in my head. Uh, right now, the biggest risk, I think, is just like starting to take on more while I'm doing school full-time as well, like which has provided um, some hard times, of course. Like, I mean, I, I recognize like I've been doing school this whole time, um, but now uh, being being the one that's like in, in charge and doing doing this stuff here, like it, it has been more, like I've seen it be a little bit more difficult um, only in the terms of my um, like getting things together um, organizationally, like don't forget to do this for school. Time management. Yeah, don't forget to do yeah. this for work, like stuff like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can necessarily classify that as a risk, but I think that's the best thing I've got is just like is a risk to kind of like be like, yes, I want to jump on board with this. I would say I would say it is like risking your your not risking well yeah risking your bandwidth. Um, you're kind of like pushing yourself to figure out what your limits are, and I think that's that's healthy. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's a risk. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, for me, I, I think that and Sam Kill, you'll be able to relate to this because you've done this recently as well. I think uh, packing up my home and moving halfway across the country has been a pretty big risk for me. Um, I, I knew that it was God calling me and he's done several things in the month that I've been in Texas. Uh, he's, he's done several things to affirm that and just continue to show me that uh, I, I was absolutely following his, his voice and his calling and stuff. Uh, but it was definitely a risk. Uh, it was definitely risky because I was in a place where I was very comfortable. I was very happy. Um, and to, to kind of uproot that, uh, inside of a, new, a brand new marriage too. Hadn't been married for six months yet and stuff. And so just a lot of risk, a lot of people affected by that and stuff. And so um, that's definitely a risk that, that Abby and I took. Um, and that's what this chapter is, all, is talking about. Yeah, yeah. I knew you would, I knew you'd be able to, to relate to that. Um, but that's what this chapter is talking about. It's talking about failure. It's talking about faith. It's talking about taking risks. It's a big chapter. A lot of ministries do not allow this. A lot of ministries don't talk like this. They don't allow uh, the people serving in their church or allow the people serving, uh, working inside of their field and stuff like that. They don't allow mistakes to be made. Uh, there's uh, most atmospheres, I would say, are probably a failure is not an option kind of atmosphere. And that's just not a very comfortable place to be. And a lot of people have lost their jobs because they did exactly what he talks about in this chapter. And so I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation. Uh, I'm ready to jump into it. You guys ready? Awesome. All right. So the first thing he talks about, uh, he, he opens this chapter up. Everybody has to do it. Learning how to walk, talking about his son, learning how to walk and stuff like that. And, and when you learn how to walk, you fail the first time, 100% of the time. Every baby that begins to walk and they take their first couple steps, they take one or two steps, they get excited, they fall. Uh, and that's, that's inevitable. That happens every single time. Um, if they did not get back up and try again, uh, they would just choose to be crawlers for the rest of their life. Um, then, then that would be a very sad thing. Uh, we'd have a lot of people scooting around on their butt. It would be, it would be a very different <laughs> world, I think. Um, and, and so uh, he, he talks about how uh, you have to get back up and try again. Um, and he, he kind of ties that into the church world. A, a lot of church leaders um, allow fear to cripple them 
and keep them in a crawling posture mm-hmm. instead of a walking posture, a walking yeah. forward. Um, and, and he talks about, uh, he says this, um, he says this on page 106. He says, they know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. They understand that faith often requires risk. You cannot play it safe and please God. And, and what he's talking about, who he's talking about there are leaders that have it take risks. Uh, and that's the challenge he, he challenges us with immediately is take risks. Be okay with failing. Be okay with uh, with failure every once in a while because you learn. It's not that you're failing and falling apart, but you're you're failing and getting back up, walking forward and learning from your mistakes and growing from those mistakes. I think in this section, he talks about Peter a lot. And, you know, whenever I've read and um, studied scripture, I, I can relate to him quite a bit because I feel like he was and I am both in the kind of, kind of same boat where we let passion um, kind of, we run people, we can run people over and, and make those mistakes with our passion. We we love, you know, he talks about Peter loved Jesus so much that he's like, man, you don't have to go to the cross. You know, he he, he loves him so much that he, he says things yeah. and, yeah. Um, you know, gets a little fiery at things without realizing, you know, processing the situation sometimes. Um, and I, I think that's, that's key. You, you, you take that and you make those mistakes and you, you know, you, you kind of, you learn from, from them. Don't be so, you know, like you say, and <laughs> when you said everybody crawling, I, I just think about people in their like thirties and forties still crawling around <laughs> on the ground. Like you, yeah. you have to, you have to make those failures. Those failures are what shapes you and what, uh, what kind of like, you know, if you don't, if you don't learn how to lose, how are you going to win? Mm. Um, mm. So, That's good. yeah, yeah, I I feel like we're all a little bit like Peter in a way too. Mm. Um, and something like it's like that's really cool that he provides here is is the word Petros uh, means rock and how like you could take all these failures and all these things and all these little um, these things that make up what a rock is like like the minerals and stuff like that and then pressurize all of this stuff. And so those are your failures, like all the pressure that you're going through and everything, all that molding and shaping. And it just like kind of makes you stronger and it makes you a rock. And so I, I think that's a really cool um, thing he included in here. And and the, the heavy point to make here is that um, through everything, all the mistakes that Peter made, Jesus always provided an opportunity for growth. Yeah. He was, you know, yep. the true example of a good leader is that he didn't just, you know, let Peter live and sit in his failure. He always op- he always gave an opportunity to Yeah, he he pick him back up and say, "Hey man, I understand you messed up. You may have said some stupid stuff cuz I know I've said some stupid stuff in my in my past, and you know, <laughs> Peter has too. We we see it in Scripture, and and Jesus always, mm-hmm. always, always um, gives a you know a redemptive pathway out. So, and it's through all of this that Peter did that. I mean, he went on to do incredible things, and and you know, he became like like he says here the guest speaker, quote unquote, of the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. and. It's yeah. just like all of these things that he did after that. I mean, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he told Peter that. And it's just, I think that's a, another cool thing you can connect there too. Yeah. And as much as we remember Peter's failure of, of how he, he the, the ways that he failed and stuff, we also, uh, something that a lot of leaders need is Peter's boldness. 
um, mm-hmm. to actually try, to actually go for it. Um, you know, it was uh, something that I heard this past week that was pretty cool. It was Peter's idea to get out of the boat. And we're going to talk about that story later on. Uh, but it was like, it wasn't, Jesus wasn't like, come to me. He was like, you know, Jesus, let me come to you. Uh, and, and so it was Peter's idea to get out of the boat. That's boldness, right? That's a, that's a crazy idea. Um, cause you think the safety and where you need to be, the comfort is in the boat. Right. And, and so, uh, some of us, some leaders, we need Peter's boldness, um, to, to step up and to, to go and try to try new things and try bold ideas and be okay with failing as long as we are failing forward. That's something you've tried to teach me a lot, even you know, recently, is uh, the fact that I'm going to need boldness to have certain conversations, not just with students, but leadership. Like it, it's going to it's going to take me, you know, being bold and me stepping out and doing something that maybe makes me a little uncomfortable. But like it, it's okay, and it's okay if I don't necessarily have like I'm not exactly saying the right words or stuff like that. It's 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 the fact of doing it and the fact of like letting the Lord um, lead you in that direction. I think is has been big and something that uh, I mean we I've talked about it before. We've talked about it many times, but uh, my confidence in that in this area and in any areas of my life have has, has consistently been lower than it should. And so um, doing stuff like that is not going to only help me uh, gain confidence, but Right, it's it's going to help me gain confidence as well as become more bold. Yeah, there you, I, I think bold. I think everybody has boldness. On, I think everybody has in their head all of these like bold ideas. It's just a matter of confidence, exercising that boldness. And um, I, I love what he says here on one hundred and six. Faith in a big God will uh, lead you to take some big risks. And so you know we serve such a huge. God that we just can't, our minds can't wrap our, we, we can't wrap our own minds around the concept of just God. It just doesn't really make sense to our nature. And it's just like serving such a big God like that takes big commitment, takes big risk, big boldness. Um, that fires me up personally. It's just like, dang, like he's given us all these bold ideas. So like, why shouldn't we like pursue that? And I think that like with boldness um, always has to come humility. And we see that also in Peter's life is that he was bold and he did make mistakes and he did mess up, but he was also humble enough to say, you know what, um, Jesus, you're right. You know, and Jesus would come in and, and correct him and forgive him and stuff. And, and Peter was humble enough to take that. He wasn't just like this bold, arrogant, I'm always right attitude. Uh, he was also humble enough to take Jesus' correction. And, and so I, I love it. It's like Peter's education consisted of trying, failing, learning, adjusting, and trying again. And, and so that's, that's where we also have to be is not only bold in our mm-hmm. first steps, but also humble uh, to step back and to learn from our mistakes. Yeah, you can't you can't have the the boldness and the passion without the form the formative part of the mis- making a mistake too. You know, <laughs> you can't you can't you can't take one without the other. Yeah, you know I what mean, I mean? I mean, you stay immature. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that's that's some that, that's some class A spiritual immaturity to have the boldness mm-hmm. and to not to not take it when someone wants to come by and truly because a lot of times like especially. Um, I would hope, and you know, at least in my experience, um, 
the people that come beside you and mentor you truly do it because they love you, not because they're trying to bring you down. Yeah. Now there are, or, or ex- they shouldn't bring you down. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Now there are exceptions to that, of course. Um, but um, you, you know, you can't you can't have the uh, you can't take the risks without being uh, open to there being some constructive criticism sometimes. So. It's good. The next section that he talks about, he, he titles it this, Failing Past Your Local Max. And there's a there's a cool little diagram that goes with this one. Um, and it, the big the big story inside of this one, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts and what you have underlined in this section. Um, but what he really tries to get at is the difference between your local max and the big max, maybe one or two failures followed by seasons of learning. What he tries to get at this is like, yes, it's risky to go past your local max. It, you, you, it's risky to go past places where you you know you're comfortable and try to to expand past those things like it's very easy for us to to just sit in our comfort zone not do too much extra not try too many extra things to do what works all right we we all know the things that work um and and so we Mm -hmm. know that if we do a worship night we sing a few songs the good songs and and we don't do anything extra we know that works but when we start to try to go past the local max and add in uh the painting and stuff like that uh then we're 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 taking a risk right And, and so what he's trying to encourage us is that uh getting past the local max is going to getting past that comfort zone getting through to uh greater things it's going to take some failures and that's okay and it's going to take some learning seasons Uh, i think that's an important thing is that it's not just a failure and then we're sitting there throwing a pity party but it's a failure and then we're also going to learn from it so that we can be better and, and and do it uh and have greater ideas and continue to lead with that boldness and find some things that actually work and carry us past that local max yeah i, I view this also as evaluating what your fear threshold is um that's good do, do you let your fear threshold be so low that you don't even take the risk or do you have a fear threshold that you take the risk, you make the mistake and then you don't even want to try again? Um, so understanding like, well, if you take the risk and then it fails and you don't try again, then that should be an indicator that one, you're not called, you know, this far into, you're not called to that or you just, you you gotta like you gotta bear down the hatches. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm, and that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. getting to is like um, evaluating, um, evaluated um, experience is the best teacher, and um, and learning that you know when you make those mistakes, not to let you know you you kind of take a step back, and I, we'll talk about it later. But like you 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 celebrate the wins, and then figure out uh, what what the mistakes were, and then how do you push past that, like you're talking about, Eric, that that local max? Because I feel like a lot of times God leads us up to a certain point. You know, he's He's stepping step away, and then a lot of times he's just sitting there waiting for us to see if we'll take the next step. And that's yeah. when we hit our big max. Is like, I'm going to lead you this far. You're going to, you know, and then God's just going to sit. I, I feel like a lot of times he just sits back and says, all right, let's see what you got, big boy. And let me see yeah, if you we'll can just, step up to the plate and swing at the pitch. Yeah, and we'll just push it until we're comfortable, and then we won't try to push it any further. Yeah, uh, we're we'll like, just push okay it to the point of where the, we. Yeah, we don't even want to take that. Yeah, we're just like, okay, yeah, I'm good right yeah. here. 
Yeah, uh, we just we are comfortable in what we know works, and we mm-hmm. don't want to try to strain and grow and and push things forward. Yeah, I think we can get focused on the extremes too. Like at at the very thing, we see, oh man, our the idea that we had didn't have the exact outcome that we were hoping for. Uh, but along the way, what things did go well? I don't think we focus on those things enough. And I think if we did, that might help us see, oh, if we just tweak this one little thing, then we get the outcome that we wanted. But I think, um, myself included, I think we can see, oh man, that didn't work. Oh, let's just shut down the idea entirely. And I don't think that's the right step either. Um, it's part of pushing through is taking a step back and being like, okay, what did go well? Why didn't something work? We can kind of make some modifications and see. And if we, if we think about it that way, then we will see, oh, okay, this is, this is right. This is where we're supposed to go. It just needs a little bit of tweaking. You take one step back to take two steps forward. Exactly. Yeah. I love what he says here on 110 on the bottom. He says, uh, they know uh, setbacks can be setups for better things to come. And, um, I, I love that. Like setbacks can be setups for better things to come. It's like those setbacks are necessary in order for us to like grow. And like, like we said in the previous chapters, like take these moments as opportunities and, um, and as yeah, opportunities to grow and to like get better at what you're doing. That's good. That's good. All right. The next section is titled failure is not an option. Um, and one of the big things I, I think here is like he's talking about an atmosphere in an office space and stuff like that. And he talks about this where where they're, they're just afraid. Failure is not an option, and, and that instills inside of your people just this this um, this fear atmosphere, uh, yeah. and it kind of it kind of it, it stumps your people. Um, and, and one of the quotes he says inside of this section is, "Failure is not an option." It is essential, <laughs> and I, I love that. It's like it, it, it that gives your people an atmosphere and a place where I can fail, and I'm not going to lose my job immediately. I can fail, and I can learn from my mistakes. And you have to give people an atmosphere to be able to do that in order to 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 grow as a ministry, to grow as an organization. Uh, you got to let people fail and mess up and make mistakes and learn from there. Now there, there's a difference when people are, are just lazy and they're failing and they're, you know, don't care. Uh, but I think that people that are truly called to a ministry, people that are truly called to, to a spot in leadership, uh, they're going to have some passion in them. They're going to feel the loss. Uh, that That's one thing when I was coaching middle school baseball, that was the, one of the hardest things is like when we would lose and our kids would walk off the field with big smiles on their faces and just kind of be joking around and stuff like that. It's like they didn't even feel this loss. We just got beat by a crosstown rival and they're okay with it. Like that that mm. would that would hurt me. That would burn yeah. inside of me. Uh, so like I think you want your people to, to feel the loss in a way that inspires them to learn and get better and grow. So it's not that failure is not an option. It's just that it needs to hurt a little bit. It needs to inspire you to learn a little bit and to take a next step and, and grow in, in your spot in leadership. Failure without <laughs> having somewhere to go with it after is, is still, is another, it's basically two failures, right? So if you, if you failed, right, what, what is your response to it? What are you going to do? Oh, you lost that crosstown rivalry game. 
oh, how are you going to respond to that? And a lot of us will be like, okay, yeah, we try to make ourselves feel better with this idea that um, failure is just another step in learning, but then we don't learn. And so it's not actually going to go anywhere. Yeah. And so why it's essential is because it's supposed to wake us up like, oh, here's some motivation for you. Oh, you did, you, this didn't work the way you wanted it to. How are you going to make that better? Right. How are you going to take the, the steps to make that how, how it should work? We've all worked here and, you know, all of us talking here, we've all worked for people who, um, who had that failure is not an option mentality. Um, or, um, it was this underlying, like fear of failing because of being reprimanded or something or going to stepping a little bit too far out of your bounds or or out of this comfort zone that was created for you Um, because it it doesn't line up, not with just the vision, but it doesn't line up with someone's agenda. Um, And I think most of us here have been that way, but also, you know, most of us here have also worked for the church that does, you know, push you and does allow you to take these risks. Well, I mean, that's where we are now. I mean, I feel like I am, I have that liberty to take the risk and that step. And that's, and that's great. Um, and I feel like, I like to look at it from like another way, like you can't fail if you don't give up kind of a thing. Like you truly don't hit failure if you don't like really give up. Does that kind of make sense? Like you, you can't completely elaborate. So if you're trying to get better and you are, you know, seeing success in those ways and you, you know, you are, you can see like you're, you're, you're reaching your big max. Um, then there's, there's really no way in that gen. And if you are, you know, walking with the Lord and he is guiding your steps, I mean, he's not going to fail you. Your ministry is not going to fail. If you are getting better, if you are taking the steps to, you know, recover from these losses. And I, I don't think failure is like the best word, but it is a word, unfortunately, that we have, you know, we use constantly um, to be like the antagonist to success. But like, you, you know what I'm saying there? Like, I see what you mean. It's yeah. like, what about losses? Like, um, take it as an L, you know? And, you know, there's always a chance for a, a win in the next couple games. So, you, you know, like you lose a game doesn't mean your team is a failure. Exactly. So I, yeah, I get what you mean. It's yeah. like every, you know, it, it's it's hard to see a perfect season, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> you, you don't ever, you, you rarely ever see a perfect season. It's just like, even like, I mean, I'm a huge Alabama fan. And so like in like previous years, it's like they always had that one game. They always had that one game or those two games and they still made it to the national championship. So <laughs> we're going to beat by Texas. Now, now I'm going off into like a, I know, right? Oh gosh, <laughs> dude, that was, that was brutal at Texas game on Saturday. I, I think it's, um, uh, this was actually this past year, um, the NBA playoffs, the the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> we turn this into the no, Grace no, no. Church of Grace Point Sports Podcast. I, I'll make this. I'll make this curt because it's it's actually pretty profound. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks got bounced in the first round, and in a post game interview, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the the star mm-hmm. power forward, you know, a per, uh, perennial 
all-star MVP running pretty much every year of the last. He's won it twice, uh, yeah. a back-to-back MVPs. And he was asked what success was, and you know, it's like, do you do you value success as getting the win without the losses every time? Is like perfection? Is that mm-hmm. what you evaluate? And is that what you quantify as success or learning and growing? Um, which in the Bucks case. I wouldn't count success that they got swept in the first round, but Giannis's statement is—I still hold true, just in life—is that like success doesn't equal perfection. In a sense, success does equal failure sometimes. And success doesn't equal happiness. Yeah, either. and and you succeeding doesn't mean that it's like perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's something to really 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 catch on to is like. Just because it's not all right all the time doesn't mean you're not succeeding. Maybe you're not getting the win. Maybe mm. you're you're. It's it's kind of a let's loop back and figure out how we can get this better for the next time. But it's still success because you're still growing. Ooh, but those wins feel so good. The, and then yesterday, bro. Yeah, yeah yesterday, exactly. I was so hyped for you because that was like huge. Because yeah. we had been battling that for a while. Yeah, exactly. So you run into these things, and um, then the wins feel sweeter because you've gone through. You know the fire and 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 the formative time that you you know you kind of experience. So that was a bit a bit of a long sports ramble, but um, you know that's all good. I mean, you can you can keep talking about sports. You can be like, <laughs> you know, Steph Curry waited a long time to win a championship in Golden State. He went through some really rough years. Oh yeah, uh, Freddie Freeman did the same thing with the Braves. And like he he stayed and stuck around for a lot of hard years before the Braves finally were good and were winning things. And so it's yeah you. You're on the right step, on the right page. Kevin Durant um, did not stay with my team. So yeah, sad. well, you know, <laughs> that's a that's another conversation of a different type yeah, of leader. That's a different podcast, different podcast. Uh, good. The next section is ready, set, fail. Uh, he talks about ready, set, fail, and some of the big things. A couple, we can be real quick in this section. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, he says, the antidote for for the fear of failure is not success, but small doses of fear. Uh, sorry, small doses of failure. The antidote for the fear of failure is not success, but the small doses of failure. Uh, just failing small every once in a while, just a little bit here and there, and learning from those mistakes. Um, and he encourages us once again at the end of this section. He says, go fail. If you're not failing, you've stopped dreaming. You eventually stop yeah. learning yeah. and you will stop growing. I, I love that. Like if you're not failing, you're not, you're not thinking big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. You're not going for it hard enough. Uh, so don't, don't stop failing. Go fail in small doses. Go fail forward. Uh, keep dreaming. Uh, keep learning. Keep growing is what he's telling us. I think it's actually kind of interesting this idea that like those small doses actually can kind of help help that fear by kind of being like okay I have failed before like this has happened before and it's not been the end of the world and so I know that these things are going to happen again but it's it's up to me to to take those things and learn from it and uh, my dad always says this right he always says that if you're worried about failing you're probably going to fail right so if you're stuck in this like oh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess this up. And then you do mess it up. You're like, wow, I was so worried about it. And then it actually happened. It makes it like 10 times bigger. But if you like sit there and you're like, okay, I, I failed here. Oh man, it-, it sucks. But you know, oh, it's a learning process. That wasn't as bad. And yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. 
think the embarrassing losses are the worst. <laughs> yeah. You know, the embarrassing yeah. losses are, are yeah. the worst. I love it because he talks about some very public losses that him and his church take. Uh, I thought the funny one was the billboard thing where he, he's putting up billboards in a town that they're about to open up a new campus to. And it's like, uh, we we thought you think church is boring, so do we. It's like, what are you saying to all the churches in town? Like, we're all boring. Uh, and he realized that he hurt some feelings. He made some people angry with those billboards. Some churches that were already established in that town. And yeah. then he had to he had to learn from that, and he had to he had to mend some relationships. And that was just a uh, one one time where he that was one of the situations he explained where they had some losses, or the other situation where he uh, he was like talking big about this new idea that they were about to release to a global leadership uh, um, conference. And, and then it ended up flopping, uh, stuff like that. So even he talks about some of the big failures, the very public embarrassing failures that they had, but they weren't afraid to take chances again. Um, and that, that leads perfectly into the next, the next section when he says the virtue of the twice stung uh, and pretty much what he's saying is don't be afraid to fail again. Uh, don't be afraid to, to hop back on, um, on the, on the, on the saddle and, and give it another ride and try again, try something different. Keep learning from your failures. Keep learning from your mistakes, but keep trying, keep dreaming, keep learning, keep growing. Yeah. The, the quote I like from this is if you're waiting for your venture to have guaranteed success, you will probably be waiting for the rest of your life. Sometimes the fruit of your steps in faith is measured not so much by what God does through you as by what God does in you. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's, man, um, I can't tell you how many times early on, and I'm still very early on in ministry, but like super, super green, where I'd sit on these things and try to just, whittle and work and try to get them as good as they could possibly be and um, waiting for that one light bulb moment to get this before I do this and da 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 and it's like you kind of like bottleneck yourself um, waiting for it all like the stars to align and um, it all to be perfect and a lot of times um, you know you just gotta go for it Um, and again God can do things through you but more a lot of times more importantly he's also doing things in you too. I remember when I first came to Grace Point and the worship team had never played with the click track, never played with the tracks and like it it, it was like super I I don't feel it, it was a challenge but it was like strategizing like yes like we can't just stay here forever but like it's like, hey, like have a conversation with, you know, your drummers and just be like, hey, this is the direction we're going to move towards. And these are the reasons why, like you mentioned before, you always have to give the reason why, um, why we're doing it and why it lines up with the vision and with everything else going on. And I said, hey, it's it's going to lock the whole team in. It's going to lock, lock the band in with the vocalists and everyone's going to be on the exact same beat at the exact same time and it'll feel tighter. And it's just like, that was like one of those things that, there were some times where it felt like a loss, but once you like overcame those losses and trusted God that, you know, 
you we were going to all hit it. And it's not, you know, particularly one person. It's the entire mm. team. We all have to get used to it. We all have to get used to each other together with these new things that we're implying. And so that was one thing. And then I, you know, we just did just the click track for about three months until I introduced uh, the multi-tracks. And I was like, hey, we're going to introduce this next step because it, it fills in the sound a little bit more and uh, it, it'll elevate the energy a little bit musically. And so that was another why I had to give. And so that had it downfalls because I also had to learn how to flow with our team. So if we actually got off, I had to come up with systems um, in order to make sure we got back on track. So it was like a lot of growth within, you know, that first year of like trying to like go to the next level Mm -hmm. on all like playing fields, like spiritually, musically. And it's just like, there was a lot of growth that like across the board that I've seen just even in just the last like year and nine months. That's good. Um, moving on uh, the next section, dig up your talent. Uh, one of the things that stand out in this is uh, he, he says, ask God to make you bold and aggressive. And I love this. Cause it's like, look, our, our prayer life plays a part in us being creative and being yeah. aggressive and being bold. Our prayer life plays a part in this. Our relationship with God plays a part in this. It's not just that we're wired that way or anything. It's it's that we are actively continuing to ask God and making him a part of this and asking God, God, make me creative, make me, make me aggressive, make me bold, put that in me. Um, and I think it's cool too, because it's like, Look, we have we have the the best creator of all time. Like God is the creator of all all things, uh, the most creative being ever. And, and it's like, why aren't we going to Him, asking Him for ideas, talking to Him about being creative, being aggressive, being bold? Like He, he ought to be in the conversation. He ought to be uh, the one giving us inspiration. The Word of God should be a place that we find inspiration and boldness. Uh, and, and so. I love this because it just, it just reminds you that our prayer life, our relationship with God should be playing a part in this as well, finding uh, aggression and boldness and, and finding that inside of us. Yeah, I mean, I would categorize myself as a quote-unquote creative. And um, just as you said, Eric, God is the ultimate creative. And, and you know, <laughs> why would I not, why would I not ask the you know i've as a creator as a creative i've been created to create so ask the creator i don't know it's just that that should go on a t-shirt maybe i don't know Bars. um if only you knew somebody that was you know a creative to make a creative business. t-shirt um but yeah it's like he's he's like i'm right here just like come to me like he wants to hear those ideas he wants yeah. to work through those things with us and it's just like I'm sure when we're trying to do things on our own strength, he's just sitting there like, hey, what are right you thinking? <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, you might have failed with me, but at least you would have had me if you had come to me. Like, um, yeah, it's just like he's right there waiting for us. He wants us to lean on him um, in all things. And we just kind of like, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, trying to do things in my own power. And it's like, a lot of times those are the failures that like don't work out that aren't good is when you mm. fail and you don't yeah you aren't leaning on God yeah because then it's I think it's it's oh, a 
bajillion times harder to learn from a failure when God's not with you. I mean, he's always with you. When you're not leaning on God to when you fail and you're leaning on God. Because you will fail sometimes. Do what? It's like failing twice. Yeah. It's just like, man, I failed, but then also like, I really didn't ask God about this whole thing. So then it's like, it's kind of like doubly biting me in the butt. So yeah, (laughs) you know, lean on God and then the failures won't hit as hard maybe. Um, But yeah. Cool. Uh, One of the sections I really want to hit on, um, because it has some, uh, some even other notes that we can talk about is learning to fail gracefully. And, And so he gives us some principles about how to fail. And the first one is this, call your new ideas experiments. Uh, th- this is something that I feel like we've, uh, uh, being people that have all worked at Grace Point, uh, at the Church at Grace Point in Cleveland, uh, this is definitely something that we've been groomed to think. Uh, think of your new ideas as experiments. Everything is an experiment. Uh, there's multiple people around Grace Point that say that very thing. It's, uh, th- it's all one grand experiment. And so uh, I love what he says. He says, uh, this gives leaders some wiggle room to make minor tweaks or major adjustments. Uh, and so it's all about creating an atmosphere that is flexible and easy and, and not uh, aggressive towards failure. I think um, I'll say this. It's it's two-sided. There's two sides to that coin. It gives you the freedom to try new things, but it also holds you to a certain standard to be open to the critique and the mentoring and the learning and the teaching. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, you know, that's that's an. I mean, when we're talking about the scientific process, you know, you have this idea. Okay, how do I get to that idea? Well, it's by um, you know trying and you know you try this formula. It doesn't work. Okay, I'm not gonna just keep trying that formula over and over again. Maybe introducing something new. You know, like there's there's two sides to that coin of it being an experiment. Like I'm not gonna yeah. die on the hill of of what this you know trying this new thing. Um, when I have leaders above me and beside me that are providing input that, that may be the key to get it to where it needs to be. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the next principle he gives, he says, create a culture that allows for failure. And, and we've talked about that a couple times already. He says, failure is part of success. It's a step in success. It's a step in the right direction. You fail to take steps forward. And, uh, and, and so, again, it's, it's about creating a culture, an atmosphere where people can fail, and they're not getting chopped off because they're failing once or twice. But instead, they're, they're in a process of learning and growing, and we all understand that. I think, too, that like when you create that atmosphere, you inspire your people to be bold and creative. And, and so when you, when, you, when, you put, when you create an atmosphere that if you fail, you're done, uh, then you're not really challenging people to, to grow and, and be bold and be aggressive and, and to chase their dreams and stuff, you're really confining them and putting them, putting them in a box. And so here it's like, no success, uh, failure is part of the success. Um, and, and he also says in this section, he says, I think the greatest regrets we have are not failures, but risks we didn't take. Uh, and that's something you have to live with forever is when you don't take a risk and you knew you should have, like that's, that hurts, mm. that bites. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's more of a failure. That's more of an L than, uh, than not taking the risk and failing and having small f- failures. The, ne- the next principle, he says, don't internalize failures. 
Don't internalize failures. And what he's talking about is allow yourself to feel the disappointment. Allow yourself to feel it. Uh, and this is what I was kind of getting at with with my players earlier when I coached the middle school team. Like, allow yourself to feel uh, the mistakes we made in that game, what cost us that game. Allow yourself to feel that loss uh, so that you can, uh, you know, feel the disappointment, feel the loss, uh, but don't internalize it. Don't keep it held in. Let it out and talk about it and uh and realize that yeah you failed but you can fix it you can you can get better we're all really good losers and failures yeah <laughs> as someone who does internalize and internalize well that's a new word <laughs> internalize <laughs> failures a lot um I, I can say that all it's doing is like it's just dragging you down more to, to do that is, I, I think I've said that this is probably like third or fourth time me saying this, but it's basically failing twice. If, if you don't allow yourself to grow because you, you just sit and internalize it and then you're constantly thinking about it, then it's just going to make, it's going to lead to a, like a domino effect and other things are going to be affected because of that. But it's not just internalizing it. All it's going to do is make you feel bad and not it's going to distort your vision and perception about what you can learn from that failure. It's going to make you see only bad and not good at all. And so if you're only looking at the bad, you're not going to be able to see what you can learn from uh, the failure in the first place. And so it's just, it's like a, it's a roadblock is what it is. And it's a roadblock that we put in ourselves. Like there's enough, weighing us down there's enough blocking us so that we don't have to put in one ourselves and so to do that is just is just hurting yourself all over again that's good one one other thing he says is failing at something does not make you a failure uh i like that a lot failing at something does not make you a failure because that's often the mindset that we get in immediately after we fail uh i'm a failure uh, and we get down on ourselves and stuff and instead, avoid that mindset, uh, talk about it, learn from it, try something again. Uh, the next principle, he says, is debrief after failures and successes. Uh, debrief after failures and successes. So not only talk about the failures, talk about the successes too. Talk about the little things, the little successes. I know after every event that we started this this past year, but uh, after every event, we have a, we have a, 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 a debrief form that we fill out. Um, and it does go back and, and, and look at the goals that we set for that for that event. Uh, did we reach those goals? What went bad? Stuff like that. And, and even reading this chapter, it made me think I need to adjust that, that debrief form a little bit because there's some more things that we need to look at to see if things are failing or succeeding mm-hmm. or if we can do things better uh, the next time. And, and so uh, I think that the debrief time is super important, almost just as important as planning in advance and and being prepared. Like you need that time to debrief the failures, the successes, celebrate the wins, celebrate the successes, and learn from your mistakes and learn from, be intentional about it. Uh, intentional time, learning what you can do better next time. Yeah, one of the biggest things I took away from um, my last ministry position was something we did in staff meeting called right, wrong, missing, and confusing. And it was very much in this debrief sense. And we, we had it every single week. And what it, uh, you know, what it consisted of was we would start out by celebrating 
our wins for that week, whether it be an event that went really, really well, whether that be um, a new volunteer, you know, um, small groups starting up, those kinds of things. And then we would move on to what we called wrong, missing, confusing, which we kind of talked about them all at the same time because they were, you know, kind of under that whole failure uh, side of things. And it was what went wrong about said thing. You know, maybe the podium didn't come up at a certain time. Maybe we missed this video cue. Uh, maybe we didn't have enough people for this event or volunteers or whatever. You know, then we would talk about, you know, so on about uh, missing and confusing. And it was like just that openness and that talk about that unified camaraderie where like, you know, there are things that and failures that you will experience that sometimes you don't even realize that you experience and uh, have to deal with that. It'll take people that have a different and an outside perspective coming to you to realize what you need to do. Um, and so having that time, you know, I think having that debrief time, um, goes back into helping to not internalize it to where you can get it out and talk about it and figure out what Absolutely. you need to do. Yeah. So then you're not just sitting about it in your own head. Um, and the sooner you do that, the better. I, I think if you, you have an event and you don't really talk about it again for two, three weeks, um, it's already like sunken in versus is if you hit it while the iron's hot and like the next week, within the next week, you're talking about it. Uh, a, it makes the celebration that much sweeter and B, you can attack those those things you need to work on sooner. That's good. That's good. And the last principle he gives us is try again. Uh, try again. Uh, I love it. He says most big successes follow multiple failures and those successes would never come if we just gave up after failures. He, he quotes Winston Churchill in this, which I, I'm a Winston Churchill fan. He says, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Um, I can imagine Winston Churchill saying that during the, the Great War uh, to his people. It's like, hey, uh, success is not necessarily that we, we're, we're going to win this war eventually, but I don't know when he actually said this, but this seems like a wartime quote. Uh, but uh, success it consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. We got to stay enthusiastic. We got to stay ambitious. We got to stay aggressive. We got to stay bold and trying to reach people for Jesus. Um, and, and so we do that by taking risks. We do that by planning new new events, new ideas, um, new ways uh, to communicate with people. Uh, and we got to keep taking those risks. Um, but yeah, uh, the it factors will be on the show notes. Uh, our question today, uh, I want to ask you guys this, and we can kind of finish up with this. Describe the failure culture at your ministry. Is strategic failure strongly discouraged, quietly tolerated, or publicly embraced? Um, and we can kind of go around the room and just get everybody's opinion on this right quick. What do you guys think? Describe the failure culture as at your ministry. Is it, is it strongly discouraged, quietly tolerated, or publicly embraced? Um, I would say it's still being developed, but the goal would be to to, to make it publicly embraced, you know, um, we're still bringing new people on. We've had kind of like a key four or five people that kind of run in our, uh, and I'm talking about this from a tech perspective in the booth, like week in, week out. And, you know, we want to expand that, give people breaks, uh, create new chairs at the table, those kinds of things. And if we aren't able to, um, especially with tech, you know, a lot of times you're bringing on 
inexperienced people. So being able to be open and accepting, accepting to people like messing up, like, Hey, you missed a slide every now and then that's fine. You know, we'll get it. We'll get it next time. Those kinds of things. So that's the goal. I would say that's the goal. I remember one time, and I think we've talked about this, like in the season of um, where we were singing an old song, old Hillsong song, and there was a key change. Well, we lost the click, lost the tracks. What I should have done is, you know, I stopped the tracks. It's fine. We got off. We stopped it. The problem was I still insisted on doing the key change. And I looked at everybody like we're still doing the key change. And it ended up train wrecking because we all just everybody just got in their heads a little bit. And so it just didn't it just didn't work out. And um, I feel like a lot of times like it ends up becoming publicly tolerated anyways or no, not publicly tolerated, publicly like celebrated or publicly like especially in my area is like it's very it's very 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 obvious when something <laughs> doesn't go right. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like what you do with that. Uh, do you take that as an opportunity to um, to fix it? Or do you take that opportunity to kind of beat yourself up over it? Or do you move on? Um, and so I feel like it is, um, I feel like it is in, in, in a lot of ways um, strongly like, and strate- st- like strategic failure is, is encouraged and publicly embraced. I'll, I'll say this and it, this is kind of a, I brag on Eric a little bit before I start, but Eric really taught me a lot about kind of self-evaluation in that and understanding where um, failures happen and understanding why. Um, but also uh, the boldness to um, to bring those failures to light. And I think that is, um, at least right now, what it's not necessarily there yet, but what I'm trying to do within uh, leadership here in the youth is like, these things happen. Yes. If I, if someone does something like someone doesn't communicate, doesn't show up uh, like in that conversation, I'm not just like, you're a terrible person. It's like, okay, what can we do better next time? Uh, How can I help you? How, um, how could you, uh, better communicate? Just stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to make that more of a, of a public thing. Like, yeah, these things happen. Um, like obviously, showing through an example of like, yeah, I make mistakes too. And where it's okay to make mistakes, um, it's not okay to not learn from them. And so it's, it's going with that. Just even in mistakes, there's grace and I can't, I can't preach about grace and then not, not show that as well. So it's good. Cool. Um, where I'm at, I'm I'm a new I'm the new guy, so uh, I feel like people show me a lot of grace right now. Um, I also know that uh, the atmosphere uh, at the church that I'm at now uh, is very much go get them kind of atmosphere. Uh, it's a church that has not uh, been super active, uh, and they're ready to be extremely active. And so it's it's a, a very much go get them attitude. And so uh, with that. Uh, it creates an atmosphere of uh, try some new things, you know, uh, come up with some new ideas, create some things, stuff like that. And if it fails, it fails. Uh, and so I, w- I would say um, that the, the atmosphere that I'm in right now is very positive when it comes to failure. And, and the atmosphere that I've been in in the last six years at Grace Point was the same way. Uh, it was just try some new things out, uh, build, learn, grow, um, 
And uh, and so I appreciate the fact that I I'm very thankful for the fact that I, I have been able to sit under some some leaders, some pastors, uh, some people. Um, and, and that created atmospheres that did allow me to to fail, to make mistakes, and to learn from those things. Um, and, and then I continue to sit under pastors like that. It's very exciting. It's uh, relaxing. It's uh, it's 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 good. So, uh, you guys got anything else? Let's lose like winners. Let's lose like winners. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, uh, one last encouraging thing. I, I just want to challenge the, the people, the leaders, the the, 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 the people that are, are listening. Guys, go make some faith-filled choices this week. Uh, in the coming months, in the coming weeks, go make some faith-filled choices. Go try some new ideas. Go think boldly. Go be aggressive and uh, learn, grow, fail, learn, grow, and try again. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Yeah? Absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you again real soon. Make sure to follow the show and share it with your friends. Join our conversation. Email us at podcast at gracepoint.church or message us on Instagram. We want to hear from you guys, our listeners. We want to hear from you and have conversations with you. For Justin, for Sam C. and Sam K., I'm Eric. See you next time. This has been the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. Make sure to follow the show and share it with the leaders in your life. Pick up a copy of Lead Like It Matters by Craig Rochelle and join the conversation. We would love to hear your feedback, answer your questions, and have conversations about Jesus with you. You can contact us by email at podcast at gracepoint.church or send us a message on Instagram at GP Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening.